today on Pop Culture Over Pizza, ASAP Balrog Reviews, Vader, a Star Wars Theory fan film. Will the Force be with it? I hope so for their sake, because the Balrog is not as forgiving as the Emperor. What's poppin' purges? It's your one and only A dollar sign AP Balrog coming to you live from the PCOP HQ at an undisclosed location on this first day of winter, the 21st of December 2018. The world was supposed to end six years ago, but here I am still breathing just fine, and winter has come again once more. And this evening, I just finished watching the Vader fan film by Star Wars Theory, and let me tell you, it was amazing. And thankfully, I'm joined today with my PCOP patriots. Towns 55, a.k.a. Chimichangas, a.k.a. Walt, as well as Ghost Godzilla, a.k.a. Metatron. Yo, what's popping, guys? Yo. It's pretty good. Semester is done. Yes, I go to college, guys. And I feel as free as my older brother, who just got sprung from the cage. So the first episode of the Vader fan film just dropped. It's called Shards of the Past. And prior to getting into any deets regarding the show, let's get into the faces behind the show. Well, so if we go by the IMDb page, um, it is a Vader, a Star Wars theory fan film. And like Aesop Balrog said, the name of the movie or the short film is called Shards of the Past. The IMDb description is that Darth Vader fights between losing Padme and serving the new master who promised to save her, plus the return. And now IMDb mentions a specific character. I will keep it spoiler free because even though it does have it here, that character did not show up in the fan film itself. That'll probably be on another the next episode, so I'll just keep it at that. There is another character coming back. So this is a fan film that was directed by Danny Ramirez. The writer was Nicole Nicolaj Welt Olson, and I hope I said that right, and I probably didn't, so apologies for that. So Sheev Palpatine, the Emperor, was played by actor Stephen T. Bartlett. Darth Vader was played by Dupree Jones, and the voice of Sheev Palpatine was not Stephen Bartlett, but it was an actor named Bradley Klein. And so this movie was debuted in Los Angeles in a theater that was rented out by Star Wars Theory. Um, and that debut happened December 20th. And it was just released for public consumption on the 21st via YouTube. So there you have the specifics of the, the fan film. ASAP. The film was freaking dope. I enjoyed it. I really wish it, you know, lasted a lot longer than 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it yeah. was a very short film, but you know what? Those fan films usually are around that that time frame, right? That is true. Cuz what do we see before this? We saw Darth Maul. Darth Maul. There's a, there's another fan film with my favorite character and that one was called Star Wars Apprentice, I believe it was called, Darth right? Darth Maul Apprentice something. Right. Like that. And that oh. one was a 17-minute film. And that one was an right. awesome 17-minute film. And that's arguably one of the best Star Wars that's fan films. The, yeah, that's yet. the one that I always look at as one of the top-line fan films. Um, and I got to say, this Vader film is right up there. 
it's getting there. The the special effects on this film were fantastic. I mean, they were cinema quality, right? That's right. I mean, like there was no force like in many many fan films that are used. Yes, we were we we actually watched Apprentice beforehand, and as Aesop Bravo was watching, he was like, you know, a lot of the fan films. The setting is in the forest, right? It's cheaper. It's cheaper. Hey, listen, you don't have to pay to go into a forest, right? Yeah, but it, it's you just no got to worry about the bears, right? But it's no longer original because it's happening, right? You know, on and on again. So, and it, you know, Star Wars theory actually invested a lot into getting, you know, cinema quality yep. settings, and that differentiates this film from most fan films because, um, like I said, Balrog said, the 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 people behind the movie behind the fan film, they invested a lot of money. Um, from what I've seen in the interwebs here is that it it appears this this fan film costs anywhere between $80,000 to $100,000. Wow. And so if they put that money in, that you can see that that's a labor of love on the screen right there. That's right. You know, As a matter of fact, I've been following Star Wars Theory on YouTube for you know, God knows how long. Yeah, you're the one that actually put me on it, and that's how I knew about this film. Right. And you got me excited about it also. Yeah, because I actually mentioned this, I think, in one of our first quick slices. Well, not quick slices, one of our first pizza parties. I mentioned how I was really hyped for the Vader fan film coming out in December, which you know just came out last night and as well as um, tonight. And let me tell you, man, it was freaking awesome. I waited half a year for this. I remember when Star Wars Theory just proposed the idea of launching a Vader fan film and you know here we are now right yep it's crazy you know this has been an excellent year for Star Wars theory and we can only hope that you know it continues to be great for Star Wars theory you know in the coming year yeah I can't, I can't wait for episode two yeah. um Metatron what did you think about the fan film yeah it, it was pretty good I mean I'm a nitpick but I'm not even gonna get into that <laughs> If I'm just focusing on the content of the story, I'm very intrigued. Especially, I'm not going to spoil it, I know. Well, I was about to say, um, I think we should get into plot, but that's going to basically mean we're including toppings. So for all of those who have not yet watched the Vader fan film, ah, yes. you may want to you know, hold off on this podcast for now. Yeah, what you want you may want to do is just pause this podcast. It's a it's a quick watch. It's 16, 17 minutes yeah, long. and it's free to watch. I mean, and there's it, not really an excuse to not watch right, it. Right, exactly. Just so, go on YouTube, find Star Wars Theory, take 17 minutes, and then come back, and then you, know, we, you can hear our discussion of it. But we're going to continue. So for anybody who wants to drop off right now, just hit pause, go watch the the fan film, and then come back because now we're going to be getting heavily into spoilers. Indeed, because this is one of those things that we can't really talk about, you know, it, unless we actually talk about it. Right, and especially since it's, it's such a short film, it's very compressed. So there's not yeah. a lot of there's at this point there's not a lot of themes that are running through this. Yes, indeed. Because it is only a 16, 17 minute film. So I think, like like uh, ASAP Balrog said, I think it it behooves us to go ahead and talk about the film in earnest. Yes. Yeah, so so when, regarding the plot, let's start off with Metron. Metron, kick us off. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, we're in full spoilers now. So what do you think? Well, 
Um, so for initial context, this uh, fan film takes place, what, 18 months after... Oh, eight months. Sorry. Eight months after the Revenge of the Sith, Vader is fresh off the assembly line. And we start off with Vader choking someone out. Because that's just a thing Vader does. Yes, it's not shown yet. And he's surrounded by a bunch of clone troopers. They're like, put him down, put him down. But Vader, he doesn't take orders easily. He's the one that gives orders. So he starts fighting them back. That's right. Very much in the style of Rogue One. I like that imagery there. Right. And then, you know, he's hacking, he's slashing, he's deflecting bolts. He kills them. This guy is still choking in the background. We don't know who it is. And then the next thing that comes in, they bring in clone troopers, but with miniguns. Right. And by the way, before the mini before the clone troopers with miniguns, I just want to specify that these clone troopers that were initially shooting at Vader were Coruscant guards. Coruscant guards, who do they guard, um, especially, you know, if you really look into the lore? But continue, Metatron. So, Vader, so the mini, the guy with the clone troopers with the miniguns come in. I guess they give him one more chance. I, something like that. As and then, you do, as you do. Yeah. yeah. And then they start shooting at him. All five of them, all, there are, there are multiple miniguns, mind you. I think there were like three of them, right? Yeah. And now there's like a barrage of bolts just. Yes, he's deflecting them, but, but he's then, not deflecting all of them, right? Yes, some of them. One knocks his lightsaber away. Yep. And then he does it. He does what? <laughs> he does he what? He actually does the move that Kylo Ren does in Force Awakens, Ooh. where or, he stops the deflector bolt. I would call that Force Freeze. Yeah, perhaps. Force Freeze. Or is it that Kylo Ren is doing the move that Darth Vader does it's, in it's, this film? It's yeah. genetic. You know what I'm saying? It's genetic. Hmm. So, so we're, we have the miniguns, three miniguns just blasting away. Vader puts up his hand, and... Like Aesop Balrog says, force freeze! All those bolts stop dead in their tracks. And they're still shooting. Yep. <laughs> so you you have this entire screen full of blaster bolts just aiming toward Vader, but stopped. But then he does something that even Kylo Ren didn't do. Right? Yes. What he did was he then shot it right back at them and completely obliterated them. A barrage of bolts were deflected at the clone troopers with miniguns. Minigun bolts. That's got to hurt. And and I got to say, great VFX on that because that's something that could easily have been foobarred with um, lesser hands, right? Right, right. And this was, like I said, everything about the VFX of this film is cinematic quality. I didn't see anything that seemed cheesy no, or, no, no. and I, I remember we've seen shows like DC Universe's Titans, right? Oh, yeah. With the car crash, right? Holy you would shit. you would think that a show like that would have better VFX, but yet you're looking at this fan film and this fan film far surpasses any of that stuff because the stuff in DC Universe's Titans, that car crash was Pretty cringeworthy, right? Yeah, it was. So credit to whoever is the one that does the VFX for this film because it was awesome. And so 
all these bolts go flying back to these troopers and they're pretty much obliterated. They're dead on the floor. And then we go back to Vader. Who is he force choking? There we go. And it is revealed that it is his master, Emperor Sheev Palpatine, a.k.a. Darth Sidious. Interesting interesting turn of events at this point, Indeed. right? And so we're all say, s- sitting here and we're like, what? What exactly is going on here, right? Because... I was like, this couldn't be real. This, right. ha- this must be like a dream or something. And I yeah. think at this point, we all started to to go down that that route, yeah. right? Because that line of thinking. Because if this happens right after Revenge of the Sith, it doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Because if you're a Star Wars fan, you're gonna know that this does not make any sense at all. Yep. It does not. Unless this is an alternate universe, but they never mentioned no. that. So yeah, you know. And, and I'm, I'm going back into the comic things, you know, with the, <laughs> with the DCs and the M- M- MCU type stuff. But yeah, so now he's choking out Shreve, and then what happens next? Yeah, so I know you, a lot of for those of you who I don't know any, I suspecting everyone listening to this is a Star Wars fan. But the, for those of you who aren't, you might be wondering, okay, so he's choking him. So what? The so what here is that. Chief Palpatine is significantly stronger than him in the dark side of the Force. And not only that, Darth Vader's armor, if I remember correctly, Palpatine purposefully made it handicapped. Correct. So that if Vader ever turned on him, he could just, okay, well, that's it. Goodbye. It was meant to put him at a disadvantage. Yes. Mm-hmm. Structural, di- structural disadvantage. Indeed. And so once we find out who it is, he stops choking him for a little bit. And then he starts doing some supernatural-esque uh, body contortions where he's, like, breaking bones and twisting things unnaturally. And then, at some point, Shreve is like, okay, this enough. was fun. Enough's enough. Now let's do some zappy zaps. Unlimited power. <laughs> exactly. Yes. You know? So Shreve was basically belly flopped on the floor. Right. While Vader was doing his thing, gets up and does his wicked emperor dark side wizard stuff. His Sith alchemy. His silk alchemy, and blasts Vader with his lightning, force lightning. And as as um Vader is getting electrocuted, well as as well, he's blocking, yeah, yeah, right, that's, that's remember, another as thing. As he's blocking, and the, how does he block it? The way he blocks it is pretty cool, actually, right? Remember, he he force pulls uh, like a dead. Um, no, I think the guy was still alive. Was he? I, I don't know. Because he he seemed like he well, was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, if oh, it's electricity, it's going to do so that anyway. What happened yeah. was that Vader force pulled a royal guard <laughs> as a meat shield or human shield, <laughs> while Palpatine was force zapping. Was wanted to force that Vader, so the royal guard was like the meat shield, and, then and it, Vader threw his lightsaber at his master. But then Sidious caught it with the force and was still zapping, zapping the so, royal guard. Yep. So left hand lightning, right hand holding the lightsaber. Right. You know. So they both they both have each other at a uh, like a cease, a Mexican well, standoff. Well, right? here's the thing, though. That I find <laughs> most a Mexican um, something like yeah exactly off. you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man and um, let's see what happened after that was uh, that Vader 
woke up, I guess. He snapped back to no, reality. No, 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 no. There's something no, that happens before that. Yeah. So he, it looks like <laughs> it's at a, a, a moot point where it's like, okay, nothing's happening. What's going to happen? She does what he does, eventually overpowers Vader. But then, because what happens is, I don't know, I guess he blasts through the, the Royal Guard or something. Mm-hmm. And he deflects the lightsaber away. And he starts really zapping Vader now. Full force. Yeah. But then Vader does something. It's like, um, the only way I can describe it is he makes one gesture and all of a sudden Sheev stops using his force lightning. Oh, right. right. I I remember what Metatron is saying. He basically like force gripped um, Sidious. So Sidious's um, hands were at a lock. Yeah. I believe. So he was unable to zap or basically do anything. So he was kind of like force froze. And next thing you know. And then he pulls him towards him. And instead of choking him out with the force, he chokes him out with his robotic hand. Ooh. So Sidious is what? Supposedly proclaimed KIA? Even though it's. I don't know. Maybe there's like episode four, five, and six that clearly establish he's alive. <laughs> yeah. And again, like, and again, like we just said earlier, that. As a Star Wars fan, we know that none of this makes sense because remember, Darth Vader is still, you know, you know, still um at the beginning of his yeah, Sith career. He's, he's still in his infancy as a Sith Lord. It's too himself. soon to overthrow uh, his master to abide by the rules, too, mm-hmm. correct? So, you know, we you know, for all of those who watch Star Wars, you would know that Darth Vader eventually overthrows his master in episode six to save his son. But getting back to this. And the closing part of this scene, and probably what looks like is the setup for this whole ring of movies, is you come to a point after he kills Sheev, this is still within this sequence, he, I guess, a memory comes up. Yes. And it's his first, one of his first interactions with Padme Amidala. But before we go on, remember there is a specific thing that triggers that memory. The necklace. Ah, yes. The necklace on the floor. Right? So it, it's a callback to, what was it, Phantom Menace? Yeah. Phantom where the days they on were, Tatooine. Yeah. They were on the um, the Imperial Starship. I think it was Padme's Starship, right? The Naboo Starship, yeah. Right. And um, little Anakin Skywalker fashioned uh, like a little necklace, a wooden necklace, yeah. and gave it to Amidala. And so that necklace is the thing that he sees fall out of Shreve's lifeless body, which then triggers the memory that Metatron was talking about. And so Metatron, that memory consisted of him gifting the amulet to uh, Amidala. Right. But the main point to take away here isn't just, okay, so he had a memory, so what? The point here is Vader is conflicted. Because what did she, if you guys remember Revenge of the Sith, Revenge of the Sith, Revenge of the Sith, what was that the main. Gone south real quick. <laughs> <laughs> we would have to be ET censor that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is a PG podcast. <laughs> Come on now. You know? Okay. But the whole p- point of Vader becoming a Sith was because he wanted to save Padme. That was Sheev's punchline. I can save her. But he doesn't. So what this movie attempts to explore is how Vader deals with that. Right. So 
we see Vader um, and the necklace that his younger self gave to Padme, right? And now he only sees, from his point of view, he only sees his younger self facing in his direction. Padme is facing away from him. So he's looking at her from the back. So now he's reaching out to Padme, you know, to, yeah. to actually mm -hmm. physically touch her, but he can't because it's just, you know, it's a vision, it's fake. But then she turns around. Eventually she does turn around. We see um, her, Padme, being portrayed by, I believe her name is Catherine LaSalle. Mm -hmm. And she goes up to Anakin and... It looks like this very heartfelt moment, but then... Her voice changes to that of Sidious and her eyes turn Sith orange. Sith yellow. Sith yellow, yeah. And Sidious comes back. Good old she. Well, I think that's the point where he wakes up, actually. Right, and that, and he said, he basically, he, obviously not quote, not quote unquote, but he basically said that, and this is why you will, you know, you will always be my servant. Right, exactly. Basically, he's he's saying you're a punk kid, you know, you 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 still have feelings for Padme, and that's the thing that's holding you back from attaining your Sith greatness, right? Right, you can't let go of your past. Exactly. And that's why this episode is called Shards, Shards of, of the, the past. past. There you go. So now we are on the Star Wars, the, the Imperial Destroyer, right? Okay, so the vision is over, right? Yeah, the, the vision, vision is, is over. over. So and then it's been established it's a vision because so, he wakes up. Right, so snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. And um, <laughs> we see a Vader unsuited, unmasked, but of course with his breather, that, that's his oxygen. Right. And, um, you know, his, the protocol droids around him are, you know, getting ready to assemble him, you know, get him ready to go for, you know, for his day, for his nine to five. Lego him up. Right. Yeah. Just pop those blocks together. And then we see um, Vader go to the throne room, I guess, of of Sidious in the Star Destroyer and they start conversing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so what happens is kind of similar to the dream, this discussion of. Why Vader isn't not not so much good enough, but like why he can't realize his full potential that comes up because right. Sheev is like, oh, hey, are you all right? I'm kind of sensing something here. He said something like, "I can sense a whirlwind of rage, of anger," and then um, he starts, in, yeah, inside you, and you're not like opening up to me about it, like you know what's up with that. Yeah, you're yeah. actually hiding it from me. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's what know, I was going to say. That's what he. He starts said. honing in on it. Right, and that's not normal for a Sith because Sith give in to their their rage, their anger. That's their fuel, fuel for the fire, so to speak. Right, mm -hmm. and yeah. Vader's on his knees the whole time, right? Like he's bound yeah. to his master. And the next, you know, um, Sidious, I believe, like force, uh, force pulls or force attains whatever uh, Vader's lightsaber, and like puts it near Vader's neck. Because he realizes why he's hiding it. And he he discovers that, oh, so you're still hung up on that Padme thing. He doesn't say it like that. I'm, I'm paraphrasing that. Right, 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 right. I would like to hear it said that way. None of, none of this is going to Palpatine's. Um, <laughs> I would love to hear him say it. So, you know, what's up with that? You know? Yeah, man. Like, yo, she died eight months ago. What's wrong with you? Come on, man. <laughs> Snap out of it. Let's go. You know? Yeah. And so basically. That's why he pulls the lightsaber out on him because he's like, oh, my God, you're still reeling in this past stuff. Really? Okay, well, I got a mission for you. And the mission he gives him is to hunt down a Jedi. But can, can we stop really quick 
just for a timeout. Yeah. Because I want to go back to what you were saying, mm-hmm. where um, he was he had pulled out the the lightsaber because I think this is going to be a significant point oh, for see. everything else that follows. Because at that point, right. he pulls out the lightsaber because he wants to elicit a specific emotion out of Vader. He wants Vader to kill him, right? And so Vader is struggling with this. Now, like Aesop Balrog said, he's new to this stuff. This is, and, and he, he even says it, I just killed Anakin. I am now Darth Vader. Not even a year ago. Not even a year ago. But you see that he's still struggling with it because when he pulls out the, the lightsaber, Shreve is a very shrewd person. He knows what he's doing. No, well, I think what you he's, need to say about this is that um he um Shreve had the lightsaber, right? Right. He, he was giving it back. Yeah, to and then Vader, he gave it back. But to Vader. the way he gave it back to Vader, he had it by, but he had it by his neck. Yeah. Remember but, the the initial thing was that he pulled the the lightsaber away from him, and he because at that point he realized what Vader was thinking, and he basically threatened him. He said he put it right to his neck. Right. 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 And he said, "What are you gonna? Basically, what are you gonna do about it?" I, I that's know, I that's know. how that's how he was he was going to him, yeah. because he was trying to get that out of Vader, because he realizes that Vader at that point, he like everybody at the table saying, he's still conflicted. He he has this mental block that doesn't allow him to take that next step. Right, Vader wouldn't open up about it. And not not only that, it's holding him back because you know to be what. Palpatine wants him to be just a killing machine to be Darth just Vader. To, to be Darth Vader, he's got to let go of that stuff. But he's still being Anakin Skywalker. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and even he even said it. He was like, you know, your powers dwarf Anakin Skywalker, but you're still a failure to me at this point. Right? Right. Be- and so he actually gives him the choice. He said, take your lightsaber and strike me down. Before. Was this, wait, are you talking about when Vader was still on his knees? Yes. Yeah. He tells him to strike him down, well, and Vader says, Yeah, because you're, you're right. right. No, because what I'm going to, I was about to say is mm-hmm. that um, he told Vader, rise, you know, Lord Vader. Yeah. And then he gave Vader's right. lightsaber exactly. back to Vader. But the way he gave it back to him. He, he gave it to him so that all he has to do is just turn it on. And it'll cut the, right through him. The hilt side was on was for on Vader's side, right? And where and the, the where the blade would come out, the saber, and again was aimed at Palpatine. And Palpatine was moving closer. He's goading him. Yeah, he's telling him, "Dude, what's up?" And Vader grabbed the saber. What you waiting for? Yeah, Vader grabbed the saber. All he had to do was press a button. Come on now, That's again. Come on now. In this, in what you got for me? What you got for me? That's basically what he's saying. He's playing with him. He was yeah. like, "Yo, man up! If you really feel like this." Take me out. This is your opportunity. I don't want to hear you bitch about it later because I'm giving you the opportunity now. Go ahead and do what you got to do. Be a Sith. Be be who I think you are. And Vader punks out. This was like scared straight Sith edition. Yeah. Yeah. Vader punks out. Vader doesn't do it. He even says, I can't do it. And you see the disgust in, in Palpatine. And he says, you're a disappointment, right? He, he's going through all this stuff. And so... Like I said, I think that's an important scene that we can't gloss over because I think going forward with any of the episodes that we see after that, yeah. that's going to play a big part because the Vader that we know and love in the original trilogy, he's gotten over that. Right. So this film, I think what it's trying to do is it's trying to say, okay, 
This is young Vader, right? He's still a little, you know. I don't even think he's still qualified to be called Vader if you think about it. This is yeah. still Anakin trying to live up to the ideal image of Vader. Right. He even calls him Skywalker at the end. Mm-hmm. He right. doesn't even refer to him as Because he's like, you know, you haven't earned it. This, you know is, what I'm this is simply Anakin in a suit. That's you, all it is. Yeah, you, you wiped out everybody that I needed you to wipe out, but I need you to be more, you know, and you're not there yet. So man up. Let's go. Come on. In the we words go. of Snoke, do it. You're just a boy wearing a mask. Yep. So now we we can get back to the mission that he has at hand. Yeah. And it's an interesting mission that he gives him, right? Yes. And it's something that was kind of surprising. But yeah. I will, I found it very surprising. Too. He mentions the specific person. He doesn't mention him by name, but the description. Kind of gives it away. Yeah. So you know? pretty much, Palpatine after this whole scene of you know, you know, punking out Vader, you know, playing with his head, punked him hard. You know, you know, he, you know, going back to business, he's like, he dispatches Vader to Naboo. Ooh, to Naboo. This is the home planet of. And he plays around with his psyche again, right? Exactly. Because what? Padme Amidala. Exactly. Well, technically, um, does doesn't Palpatine technically say that? This Jedi knows who he is because the Jedi chose to hide there. So in hiding there, the Jedi knows who he is, that the Jedi was actually playing with his psyche. Palpatine is still nonetheless playing with the psyche by sending him there. Right. But I think it's what, what, what the movie was trying to connotate was that the Jedi knows who he is. So by going to to Naboo, yeah. But I also, I also think, of it this way, and maybe I'm giving Palpatine too much credit, but based on the first six films that we saw, he orchestrated everything. Yeah. With him, nothing is a coincidence. So that's why I say I think I think with that particular piece, I think you're right that you know this character because he knows who he is, he'll go back to the place where he thinks he may go back to, laying in wait to try and assassinate him. But I think in the grander scheme of things, Palpatine has his grubby little hands all over the place. So it wouldn't be too far of a stretch to say Palpatine somehow orchestrated all of this stuff because he's been scheming behind the scenes since how no, who knows how long, from back when he killed his former master. And we're going to get into some of that stuff because something huge came out this week about that. Indeed. But we'll get we'll get into that later. But like I said, I think with this, Palpatine may have had a hand in this. Uh, maybe not directly, but maybe he kind of put the the bird seeds so that you know all this stuff happens and stuff because <laughs> he's good at that. He's really good at that. He orchestrated all six movies. He's been the puppeteer for God knows how long. Exactly. So, um, but let's get back to this character, right? Yes, and so the identifying mark that we've all been sort of geeking out upon is that it, it's just one thing, and it tells you because there's only one person in the whole of the movies that has this attribute. Palpatine says that it's a Jedi, but not just any Jedi. He's a strong Jedi. And why is he a strong Jedi? Because his blade was an amethyst blade. Hmm. Amethyst being another word for purple. Ooh. 
And there's only one Jedi in the movies who has the purple Vapa. lightsaber. Vapa. So, so Palpatine <laughs> dispatches Vader to Naboo to hunt down this Jedi, correct? Yes. Yeah, but you know, there's other personal reason, you know, like to test him, you know, with his past. You know, remember yeah. shards of the past. So we see Vader leave. And you know what? I'm sorry I cut you off there, but that's, that's also interesting too because we know who it is. Okay. We're not going to actually name it here, but it's interesting to think about. And I just can't, I, I just thought about this now. That scene in Revenge of the Sith where he was there with them, and that's when he made the oh, decision. That, that scene. I think that that is such a wonderful thing to play with because he's revisiting the guy whose death he was complicit in. And so now to, to revisit that element, oh, that, 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 that's really cool. Like this guy's still alive, really? Yeah. And all right. we all thought he was dead. And, and you know, the, the interesting thing is that um, at the very beginning of the movie, um, there's a crawl, right? Well, a pseudo crawl. It's not really a crawl. It's more like a splash screen with, with words on it. But one of the things that it said was Anakin Skywalker is dead. And then in the very next sentence, um, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly, but it says Vader is, is, is around, right? Mm -hmm. And the implication was from that little splash screen. And the last word, by the way, was suffering. Right, suffering. But... The implication for that little screen was that they are two people. So now if, if, if you go into the books in some novels of Star Wars, right, it's, very, it's, it's a well-known fact that Anakin Skywalker, the hero of the Republic, died. And there is a new person, Vader. There's not a lot of people in the Star Wars universe that know that Anakin and Vader are the same person. You can count on your fingers how many know. Right. And it, it blends into one of the arcs in, um, in uh, I think, I can't remember the, the, the name of the novel, but it, it dealt with um, Princess Leia. Because Princess Aftermath? Leia, I think it was Aftermath. I think it was that one. Where Princess Leia was running for the Senate or the Republic, a Republic seat or something, and her political opponent they found, found out. out She's related to Darth Vader. Exactly. So that just ruined her political career. Put it out there. So, and that's the reason why when we go into Force Awakens, she's not a princess. She's a general. That's right. Because she no longer is associated with the Senate on in that way. Right. Because of that. So I find it interesting that this film also leans into that, where it's like, okay, there's only a couple of people that know Anakin and Vader are the same guy. Right. This person is one of them. Yoda is another. Um, was uh, Bail Organa? Did he? Did he know? I don't think he really knew. Bail, Bail didn't know, right? I don't think so. I, right. I'm trying to remember, and I can't remember. Ben. But, but he did pick up Yoda, right? He gave him a lift to Dagobah, supposedly, right? Maybe. He also adopted Leia. So maybe okay, maybe maybe they talked. Yeah, okay, maybe they talked. But... Listen, they got to talk about something when they're trying to run okay. away from from. The Emperor, you know, destroying the Jedi Temple, right? So, right. hey, what's going on? Did you know that Anakin is Darth Vader? What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I'm kind of thinking that Bale does know. Okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? But 
it's like you said, you can name the, the amount of people that know this in like one hand. And one so, more has just been added practically. <laughs> exactly. Well, if he is no longer dead, right? Yeah. So, But I think we probably oh, we know. I mean, let's just um, say that this is not canon, so whatever happens or is yet to happen is not, you know, officially part of canon. It would be but, so awesome. If you know, we can only canon. imagine. Right? We can only imagine, right? Well, you know, it's funny because Samuel L. Jackson had an interview, I think, like about two years ago. Where... We pretty much just spoiled it right there by saying that name. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, that is uh... true. What do you expect? Yeah. Hey, hey. Purple lightsaber. Well, we did, Samuel L. Jackson. We did say that we were going to spoil the, the film, right? Yeah. So, so you know, it's you were kinda... warned like how many like minutes? All right. Ago? So yeah, then exactly. I'm just going to put it out there. We think it's Mace Windu. Yes. And so, like I was saying, two years ago, he had a, an interview, right? Yeah. Where he said, where they point blank asked him, "Is Mace Windu dead?" Right? And yeah. he says, "Yeah, I don't think so." <laughs> you know, he's like, "Listen, there are plenty of Jedi's out there with one arm." There are plenty of Jedi's that fall from incredible heights and survive. I'm Mace freaking Windu. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, survive the trifecta. Exactly. He, 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 right. We were talking about this before. He had. There's there's been Jedi's that have had their their arms cut off. Okay, but I think the there's most been, substantial. No, no. But there's been Jedi's that have been hit with force lightning. Okay. And then there's been Jedi's that have been thrown out windows and fallen from like incredible okay. heights. He got all three of them done. Okay. But he's Mace freaking Windu. Okay. You know what I'm saying? The most compelling argument, the most compelling argument, there's no has body? to be Darth Maul. Okay. Because I mean, but first of all, there's no body either, right? Yes. Did we ever see a body? No, we didn't. Did but we I ever think... recover a body? Yeah. So in movies, if you don't see a body, then you know what? The guy might come back. <laughs> yeah, especially since now that I'm actually thinking about it. Okay, he fell from a from a, a really high height, but so did Darth Maul. Also, he was cut in half. Yep. Normally, you don't come back from that, but somehow he found a way to come back from that. And and also in, with Mace Windu, right? He they were in Coruscant, right? Yeah. So maybe on the way down, he hit some flying speeders here and there, which kind of cushioned his fall all the way down, right? <laughs> Except that they're <laughs> flying at how many miles a minute? If He's going Mace freaking miles. Windu. Come on, man. I know, I know, you know? I know. So but not to get sidetracked. So we see in the film, right? <laughs> we see Palpatine. I think we got way sidetracked yeah. on that one. Yeah, you know? we see Palpatine dispatch Vader to Naboo to hunt supposedly Mace Windu, right, Who's who may right. not be presumed dead after all. Mm -hmm. They and didn't mention him by name, but the assumption yes. is that it's Mace Windu. <laughs> okay, so Mace see, freaking Windu. So we see know? Vader, or I should say wannabe Vader. He's still Anakin, just Anakin. Let's just call him Anakin. Yeah. Let's like, call him Anakin. We see, yeah. we see Anakin in his Anakin classic in Jedi Starfighter. Well, it's got to retouch. Right, but still. Yeah, it's, it's still his classic fight. And there's just no R2. That's it. So... They take off from, um, he takes off from, you know, a Venator class Star Destroyer. Remember, this is still the beginning of the Empire. There's no Imperial class Star Destroyer. Everything is still Clone Wars era. So you know, there's no Stormtroopers. It's still Clone Troopers. So, yeah, that, that's that. Everything is still past Republic era. He takes off to Naboo, and Emperor Palpatine um, tells the commander of his Star Destroyer to go to Naboo, I believe. To, yeah, he said, like, get, get my shuttle ready. Yeah. I feel like I I have to go to Naboo. He got to witness know? this, you know what I'm saying? And um, so yeah. we see Anakin fly into Naboo, and it's it's nighttime, it's in the evening, and he lands um over at the Theed Palace, and you know Anakin, 
is walking through the corridors. We see all these clone troopers walking around doing their thing. And then we see a familiar clone trooper. I don't know if you guys know him. His name is Commander Fox. He was in Clone Wars, I remember. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. That's why he's familiar. Yeah, that's why you know him. And yeah, he's from the Clone Wars. And um, just in case y'all don't know, um, in the comics, I- I'm not really much of a comics guy, but from what I heard in the comics, from Star Wars Theory, the guy who made this Vader fan film. He's got a lot of knowledge, right? This, Yeah, that this guy is crazy, man. This guy's like all Star Wars, man. Vader in the comics kills Commander Fox for um for accidentally ordering his Coruscant guard troops to fire on Vader because in the comics, I believe, Commander Fox did not know who Dark Vader was because this was during Order 66. Mm-hmm. And basically any guy with a lightsaber was considered a threat. Right. So he didn't know Darth Vader, you know, was his new commander, you know, his commanding officer, so to speak. Right. So he ordered his course on guard troops to open fire on Vader. Vader killed as many as he can. And then, then he got um, a hold of Commander Fox and then Commander Fox realized that, oh, you're my new like you're my new boss. Oh, man, I done screwed up. And Vader was like, yep, yeah, you basically did. Then I guess force choked them there and then. But that's just the comics here in the fan film. Commander Fox is there on Naboo. He converses with Darth Vader and um they're, he they're, says we can't get in Vader says well screw you I don't care basically that's what he said not, not quote unquote obviously but that's what he implied no they, then he, he made a he made a specific quote that's also from the movies it, it was modified but it was a quote from the movies I, I just don't so. remember what it we're all oh, it's burning now oh god I'm <laughs> normally good with Vader quotes we're gonna watch it again but the thing is, um, Vader mentions Commander Fox, uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I'll have my 501st take care of it. Vader's fist, baby. That's his personal legion, you know. When he marched in the Jedi Temple, you remember that? Yeah. Those were his boys right there. So, you know, he doesn't like Coruscant Guard. Not a lot of, you know, um, Imperial Imperial military personnel like the Coruscant Guard because they're supposedly considered spoiled for being in a very safe area, Coruscant. Yeah. They're not out there in the front lines. But, yeah, Vader said he'll um, have his 501st with him. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, we see something happen over there in the palace, in the palace on Naboo. Like something happens on the floor. Like what was it's a it vision. Happened? I think that was another force vision. Yeah, it was another one, right? I think I think that one. So there, there's a, a piece of the floor that's missing. Um, so it, it's quite clear that that probably is left over from the battle um, that they had way back when, because um, there's there's a hole in the wall and now hole in the ground. A hole in the ground, right? And um, I don't know if that's him putting his his force vision onto the floor but it seems like there's a battle going on and we don't really see anything in that hole right but we hear voices we hear padman mm-hmm. and then we have the shot which metatron just went completely bonkers over what was that metatron guys i know i i know i've said in the past return of the jedi is my favorite movie but the, conf- the first confrontation between Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker is my all-time favorite confrontation in the Star Wars series. Very few, com- very few other confrontations come close to it. And I remember as a kid watching Luke Skywalker walk into the oh god, what's that chamber called? The the carbonite freezer. Yeah, the chamber. carbonite the carbonite chamber. And then you know, there's that shot where uh, he's looking around. And then all of a sudden, you hear Darth Vader's breathing. And then you see he looks up and elevated on the platform, completely in the dark. The silhouette. Darth Vader, yeah, you see the silhouette. We get a callback to that imagery 
in this scene. Oh, oh my and, god, and it, it was is amazing. Beautifully shot because the shot comes from below, right? Yes. You you're seeing you're seeing basically it's as if the cameraman was in that hole in the ground, pointing the camera up, and then you see the looming looming vision of Darth Vader's silhouette, and then the lightsaber comes on. Yes. The red lightsaber against that dark imaging. It is a beautiful shot. And it is, and that's the end Sa shot. Yeah, sadly, that is the concluding shot. And I, but what I'm a way to what so a way to angry. What oh a way to God. end that particular episode just with that iconic shot of Vader looking down on you in full Vader menace and glory, and then the lightsaber just extends, and it's just like. Oh, it's on now. Right. And you, know, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, what a way to just start the show, right? Yep. What a way to just start, you know, the Vader fan film series. Um, It's going to be a hell of a ride. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's uh, it's one of these things that, and and Metatron said it best when, when that shot came and then we got the credits. He was like, is that it? <laughs> you know, he's like, no, you can't, you can't stop it there. You know, there's so much to look forward to. Oh, I, I'm really looking forward to the confrontation with Mace Windu. I really am. That'll be interesting. And uh, the actor that they chose to play He Mace looks Windu, so much like him. It, it's a it's a it's spinning unbelievable. image. Right? Yeah. So, I thought it was the real him too. Right. Yeah. And if you don't know who he is, if you go on to um Star Wars Theory's Instagram page, there is a short little clip of him introducing the the theater right right in L A in L A I wish I was there last night and, and you see him in full Samuel L Jackson glory and like I said the first time I saw it I thought that was him I was like oh wow they actually got him there and then I started looking at him a little bit closer and I was like wait a second That's, it's a look alike but it's a real it's good a look he is yeah. he is that man has a, a career in just doing if he goes to Vegas just to be as a, a Samuel L Jackson look alike. He's got a career for for life, you know, and so I I'm not familiar with his work, but he he sounds Mace Windu. Take a seat, exactly. Young Walt. So he, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I want I want to see him, you know, embody that role and oh, really? stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, I just want to say this that um Star Wars Theory, thank you so much for bringing out the Star Wars film. I remember you know like half a year ago or more that you. I, I, first of all, I'm hoping, I'm hoping you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> right? But, but thank you for putting out the Star Wars film. This is by the fans, for the fans, and I really appreciate it as a sincere Star Wars fan. And I'm sure I speak on behalf of Metatron and Walt as well. And, and the Especially as a Vader fan. By a fan, because you could right. tell everything that he put into that, that was truly a fan film because there was a lot of... A lot of little things there that right. only a fan would would know and love. That's right. And yeah. so you can tell that this particular fan film is a labor of love, right? This is from somebody who it's a product of passion. Exactly. It's not somebody who said, "Oh, you know what, guys, let's nope. just let's just make a fan, uh, Star Wars film." You know, that's right. No, this is a guy that said, "Guys, let's make a Star Wars film." And Star Wars theory, whatever your real name is, man, I just want to say that what you did is absolutely great and. You were the right man for the job. Hollywood honestly needs like guys like you, you know, who are really passionate of Star Wars, who know so much about Star Wars, even more so than me, and you know, Metatron and Walt. 
And we're just so glad you put this out and that we hope you continue the fan film series. Continue with episode two, episode three, episode four, so on and so forth. Do we know Get how the many, story going. Do we know how many are, are coming out? He did not say. Okay, so it's like an open-ended thing. It could be right. one or two. It could be three or ten. It could be anything, right? Yeah, yeah he just said episode one. So we're assuming he's going to continue this. I mean, why, I so. why would you say episode one? Right. You know, this is going to be a, a whole chain, a whole chronology. But I know, you know, you're investing a lot of money into this production. I ask that you continue to, um, to do so. Um, uh, of course, you're grateful for all the donations you attain. Just just keep it up, man. All right. We're, we're really grateful for everything you're doing, especially like what Metatron said, a Vader fan film. Star Wars needs more of Vader. Right, Metatron? Yeah. And just a really quick snippet I wanted to mention. Um, you said that he got permission from Disney to do this, right? Yes, he has the rights to do this. Mm -hmm. I really hope they're paying attention. As long as it's not, as long as he doesn't monetize it. Okay. okay. But the point I'm really trying to get at here is he's in contact with them. He I is. really hope they're paying attention. Disney, <laughs> keep your eyes peeled. This is the kind of stuff we want. Hey, Kathleen Like, Kennedy, seriously. Yeah, that's right. No, not even that. I wish this was canon. Right. No. I sincerely wish this was canon. No, but you know what, Metatron? In regards to the canon, as a as a true Star Wars fan, you don't have to necessarily abide by the Disney canon. I know. At I know. the end of the day, it's all in your imagination. You know, it's you, what you personally right. consider canon. Because let me tell you something, um, Metatron. I'm sure I told you this already, especially with Walt. Star Wars: The Old Republic. It is not canon. Game. It's a video game, by the way, only for the PC. Unfortunately, came out in 2011, early 2010s. Just recently. Darth Malgus, obviously not canon because he's in the game, he just returned because, you know, basically early on in the decade, he supposedly died. But, well, he didn't really die. He was just frozen in carbonite or something. But basically everyone presumed he was dead. Seven years later, just a couple days ago, he came back. Darth Malgus is back. I consider this whole thing canon, especially with Darth Malora. It's about what I consider canon. You, what you you can consider what you want canon, but at the end of the day, I have my own imagination. You know? Yeah, and I'm I'm actually gonna speak to that too, because um, while I like the Clone Wars show, yes. I really think that the first the 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 predecessor to that, I already know what he's gonna say. There were two movies. I, I forget what two, they're called. Two volumes. Yeah, we, yes. have, we actually have them here. And you it's know. basically. It takes place after um, Attack of the Clones and leads up to Revenge of the Sith. And it basically bridges the gap between those two movies. And it's, uh, I believe it's in this. Yeah, yeah here um, we have them. So it's Star Wars Clone Wars. What is that? Volume uh, 1 and Volume 2. Volume 1 and Volume 2. You can't and get was, more simple than that. But it was, it was, that one was illustrated by Gendy Tartofsky. The guy who did Samurai Jack, right? Right, exactly. And so that one dealt with the stuff right, right after Attack of the Clones. Right after Attack of the Clones, and leads directly, directly at the doorstep of Revenge of the Sith. Right, right above, right over the Battle of Coruscant. Yes, it leads right into that into that thing. And I just thought, wow, what a flawless thing! Not canon. And as you know, as great as Dave Filoni is as a you know creative director and producer. For the new Clone Wars, which you know released mm -hmm. years ago, yeah. two thousand a decade ago, I should say. Yeah. And um, it's coming back next year, yo. Two thousand nineteen, can't wait. Um, the original Clone Wars, like what Metatron over here said, 
volumes one and two, those are what we personally consider canon because it only makes sense. It goes hand in hand. Yeah. It takes place right after episode two, right? And leads directly into episode three. Grievous comes to Coruscant, launches an invasion, kidnaps the Chancellor, goes back to his ship, the Invincible Hand, I believe, or the mm -hmm. Invisible Hand, excuse me, and Mace Windu, oh, him again, dispatches young Skywalker and Kenobi to go and, save and him. And we there even, we, go. we even yeah. get an origin as to why Grievous talks Cops. the way he does. Well, tell us more about Cops, that, Cops the way Tell our yeah. listeners more about that. So, so basically, they have a battle, and this is before this is, they get there, right? The, so what happens is... Um, it's still on Coruscant. Yeah. The, no one ever thought that the Separatists would get so far into their territory. They actually invade Coruscant. Like yep. the capital city, yes. Coruscant. Mm -hmm. And Grievous is heading the attack. He's the one kidnapping Palpatine. He... With his the, Magna Guards. Yes. That was also a really awesome fight scene. But eventually what happens is there are a few Jedi protecting Sheep Palpatine. Shock T and a couple of her her Jedi kind of Yeah. They get picked off one by one, very horror-esque. And eventually Shock T, I guess, gets overwhelmed because Grievous is now has possession of Shreve. And as he's he, leaving He doesn't kill her though in the show. No, he doesn't. He does She's just like hogtied yes. and, and held up to the ceiling or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so as Grievous is leaving with the uh, Palpatine. Um, the the ship starts going. Uh, Mace Windu, in an attempt to, I guess, bring him back down, mm -hmm. actually chokes Grievous instead. Mm -hmm. And what that does is that compresses his, like, you know, his droid parts. Because remember, there's or organic matter right. under that. It chokes that, and it just starts going, The <coughs> yep. iconic Grievous cough. There it is. So, you know, it, it really, really enhances the movies because it fills those gaps but unfortunately it's not canon but you know what it's not there's canon in the so, eyes of disney there's World. so much yeah right and and what what i'm what i guess what i'm trying to say is that there's so much content out there um especially after the original trilogy ended there was so much of a of a desire and a want for star wars stuff that people just started creating stuff you know um, books, we, we got the thrawn books you know the Sun Crushers came out of that. We had the solo, the solo twins, right? We had oh, where, right, Gina and Jason. Exactly. We had um, what was that called? It was called um, oh gosh, I can't remember. But that the point where they they stated that the Emperor that died in Return of the Jedi was only a clone. Oh right. And there were other there were the others. There was the part where Luke Skywalker fell to the dark side. Right. There's so many stories out there. It's 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 up to you to to figure out how to consume it. And you know what it is, Walt? I and mean, you can enjoy it. Right. Right. And it maybe it's not canon, but that doesn't that shouldn't diminish your enjoyment of that stuff. Indeed. Because yeah. there was a lot of people that put a lot of sweat and energy and thought and creativeness into that stuff. So who cares if it's not canon? It's 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 there. And it's I, there for you to consume. And I could say the same for love it. And I could say the same for the sequel trilogy. Who cares if it is canon? Mm -hmm. You know, because at the end of the day, like I just said, um, time and time again, you have your own imagination. There are a lot of Star Wars fans who do not like the sequel trilogy. All right, and that's okay. It, everyone, it everyone has their own likes and dislikes, Walt. And the thing is that here, they may like 
what happened in the books post Endor more so than what's going on in the films and you know the sequel trilogy. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm gonna get on my soapbox That's their here. Canon. I'm gonna I'm gonna get on my soapbox here because you're absolutely right. There's nothing wrong with not liking stuff, right? But this is where I'm a little disappointed with Star Wars fandom. And you know what? This is a common theme, and I've heard this in other podcasts, and I'm gonna say it here also. You know what I'm saying? There's you cannot like a thing. There's a lot of things in life that we don't like. And there's a lot of things in life that you can say, okay, well, I'm not a fan of this, but I do like this, right? And that's fine to do. But what's what's happening here with the Star Wars fans, and it's not a big group. I'm, I'm going to say this because there's a lot of people that I know that are uber Star Wars fans, and they love Last Jedi. I happen to be one of them. I, I think Same. Last Jedi was... It was everything that Force Awakens was not. And a lot of people, when Force Awakens came out, they said, oh, it's too much of the same stuff. I don't like it. It's too much of the same stuff. So what do you do? You go and you see Last Jedi, which is totally not anything of the same stuff. You know what I'm saying? You have a right as a fan to not like a thing. What you don't have a right to do is to go after the creatives, right, and shame them for who they are, for what gender they are, for what nationality they are, what race they are, that has nothing to do with your fandom. That has everything to do with your sensibility. And if that's what comes out of it, then maybe you shouldn't be watching Star Wars anymore. Because you had to... the 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 actress that played Rose, she actually had to quit social media because of all the hate mail and all the hate posts that she was getting. I'm sure it was just her character a lot of people didn't like. A lot of people consider her character a throwaway character. I'm not talking about her as an actress. I'm talking about Rose Tico. Right, exactly. And you know what? I I can say this also. She's not a character that we needed in Last Jedi. But that doesn't give you a right to go out and personally diminish her attack her, her, her personally right. diminish her she's playing a role a role that mean you may not like fine say you don't like it you don't have to call her names you don't have to you don't have to shame her for who she is you don't have to shame her culture that's where star wars fandom and it's a small group but it's a loud group and you know what that particular group is ruining Star Wars for the rest of us. And that's where I can't I can't just stand back and say, you know what? If it's canon, if it's not canon, like it, don't like it. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But keep it like that. You don't need to get personal with don't people. Don't get so excessive, right? You don't need to get you don't need to be in people's lives like that. Mm-hmm. She's playing a role. She's playing a role that the director directed her to play. Ryan Johnson. It's not. It's not something that she just came up and ad libbed all the way through. She's playing a character. She's playing it to the best capability possible. There's no reason for you to go after her personally because of it. So, that being said, I'm off my soapbox again. Okay, but in okay, personal stuff aside, in regards to the actual plot of TLJ or more of character um character role, mm-hmm. it's about Ray that a lot of people I hear don't like. They consider Ray um what they call a Mary Sue. Basically, like an overpowered uh, 
but female character. Okay, so who, but um, how is that any different from any other superhero or any no, other no, any this is the logic, character? There's the logic behind it. Um, Ray was never properly trained, like for like a long period and of time. And Luke was. Luke spent and what? She, and she, maybe a, she maybe fought a, five elite warriors. But Luke maybe a summertime, like maybe a summertime with Yoda. That doesn't qualify as a lifetime of experience. That is, that is true too. You wow. know what I'm saying? My my point is this. Everybody keeps saying that Ray is overpowered and stuff like that. But you see the characters like that all the time. You see it in Star Wars. He he didn't finish his training. Yoda told him he didn't finish his training. And yeah, he lost to Vader, but he kept up with him for some of it. He right? Did. He did. And then he did. when he came back in Return of the Jedi to finish his training, Yoda said, I ain't got nothing for you. You know what I'm saying? So... You know, this whole notion that she's a Mary Sue, again, we're, we're going back into these these gender-specific roles where it's like, well, a guy can do it, but a girl can't. You know what I'm saying? You got to listen. At the end of the day, this is just fiction. It, it's not that serious. It's not that deep. You know, yeah, there are things that we nitpick and stuff like that, but enjoy it for what it is. Stop, sure. stop going into this thing. Oh, well, you know what? It's not possible because she's a girl and, you know. All of a sudden, she's overpowered and stuff like that. You, you know what? Stop. It, it, that's, that shouldn't be what your fandom sh is about. You should enjoy these characters. If you don't like the characters, don't watch the movie. Nobody's forcing you to be a fan of the, that particular movie. True. It's like you said. If you don't like this movie, listen, there are tons of Star Wars stuff that you can get into. There is, there is hundreds upon hundreds of novels that predate any of these movies. Right, because we're only talking about the films. Right. There's a lot of books and comics, right? There's there's books, there's comics, games. there's games, there's TV shows, there's animated shows, you've got The Mandalorian coming up, you've got, there's a ton of things. If you don't like one particular thing, then that's fine. But you know what? I'm sick and tired of hearing people saying, oh, well, you know what? Rose was a character. I didn't like her. Screw Ryan Johnson. Screw Rose, the, 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 the actress, right? Oh, Ray's overpowered. She's a horrible character. You know what? Stop. Just watch the movie and enjoy it. If you don't like it, then move on. You but don't, don't attack people. I, I, it just, it's just this, you know how they say art imitates life it's dehumanizing we're we're in such a weird place in history right now where it's okay to demean dehumanize people you know and and unfortunately it's bleeding into our pop culture you know and um it's really sad that we are at this point in in history um and i wish I knew that there was a way to fix it. I, but there isn't, you know. Just guys, enjoy Star Wars for what it is. If you don't like it, move on to something else or read something else or consume something else. But don't attack people personally because you know what? She's just playing a role. That's all she's doing. Mm -hmm. It's a role that was written for her and she's doing the best of her ability. Let her do her job. If you don't like it, then don't watch it. Nobody's forcing you to go to the, the Cineplex down the street and pay $20 to go see it in IMAX. You know what I'm saying? Watch it the one time. If you don't like it, don't revisit it. But don't attack people and and, 
and and add to this toxicity that Star Wars fandom has right now. You know, that again, that's just my take on it. You know, I, I just it drives me nuts because I think out of all of us here, I'm the oldest of the Star Wars fans. Yes, you know, I was yes. here, I saw the original Star Wars in the movie theaters. I'm dating myself, right? <laughs> but you know, it's just really sad to see that something that I really truly love and grew up with, and it, it seems like it's devolving into something that is not my Star Wars, you know what I'm saying? So that's yeah, that's my take on it. Just you're right on you're right on point. Like uh, I'm gonna veer off here a little bit, but not too much. Um, you know, I lead a campaign with you guys, right? So what I did a lot, see, here's the thing. While I love like supernatural and all that, they have a tendency to gloss over things. And when they gloss over things, it makes things really weird in the show. And so they're, they're, they're creative choices because they're trying to tell the story in a certain way to push a certain uh, motive agenda. But, and you don't see me going and writing hate mail to them. Ah, you're messing up the show because you're forgetting these itty bitty details. Bah. No, it's true. You yeah. just got to find a way to channel it. My dissatisfaction with it was what actually made me making this campaign possible. Sure. I have my problems with it, but I didn't go spouting like hate on it. No, what I did with that campaign was I took the parts that I wasn't satisfied with and I reworked it. And you just, what you gotta do is you gotta find the creative outlet for it. You need to have an imagination. Yes. And once you do that, the ride is a lot smoother, in the words of Dean Winchester. Yeah. Indeed. And it's unfortunate because it seems like it it's only happening with Star Wars. You know? That's that's the loud cry that you hear. You know, there are other franchises that you know, things happen and people don't like, right? But you don't hear it as much. But when it comes to Star Wars... The Star Wars community is just so huge, that's why. But but like I said, I me personally, and this is just no, me being saying. in New York and stuff like that, you know, and maybe, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but we're, we're such a diverse city and stuff like that, so maybe there's there's something to that. But the Star Wars fans that I know, right, they're not like that. I don't think it's a big section of the community well, I, I, that's I, like that. You honest, know what I'm saying? I see what you're saying, Walt, but to be honest, man, I think it's a generational thing, unfortunately. And it could, it could be, it could be. But you know what? Like I said, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the overall community that's like this. I think it's a very small but a very vocal part of that community right. that is really putting the Star Wars fandom to shame. You know? you know what? That was it's, that was really well said by both of you guys, really. And um, you know, we don't want to really politicize the galaxy far, far away as it is, mm -hmm. right? Because there's already a lot. There's already a lot of corrupt there's politics a, in the in that galaxy already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? And um, but to veer off of that, going back to what I said of what you consider canon and what you don't consider canon, it's really all up to you, man. And, it is. It and is. In this case, with Star Wars theory, I don't know about y'all, but I'm gonna consider this canon. Yeah, yeah I'm right there with you. I'm sorry. I want I'm right to. There with you. This, yeah. Okay, so great. This happens eight months after Revenge of the Sith. And also, I want to bring up that 
the Darth Maul fan film. This is another fan film that relates to Star Wars theory that we spoke about earlier. Walt is arguably one of the best fan films there is for Star Wars. There may be a new a new contestant for that title. That Darth Maul fan film, I also consider canon. What about you, Metatron? I do too. I think it's really interesting how they play with the idea of a Maul before meeting Qui-Gon Jinn and killing him and becoming the rival of Obi-Wan Kenobi. You really see where his hatred is born from. Especially when you see him, how he toys with, with the Jedi while he's fighting them. And just seeing Darth Maul actually earn that title of Darth Maul and becoming yeah. Sidious' servant. That just leads directly into Phantom Menace, no? Yeah, practically. Yeah, so, hey, we could consider that canon too. You know, it's, it's just a matter of imagination, right, Walt? <laughs> uh, well, considering that it's Darth Maul, you really don't need to twist my arm on that. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So, why am I even asking? Exactly. Right? You know, why on. am I even asking? That that's, <laughs> that just goes without saying. You know, you could put Darth Maul just sitting there on the toilet reading a book, and I'll consider that canon. <laughs> so, yeah, that's canon. I mean, really, you know. So, yeah, it it is it is what it is. You know. So um, so yeah, I I think um. I, I think just to wrap this thing up here, right, uh, Vader is a, a hit amongst all three of us here, right? It really is. I and think. just so much has happened in the comics as well this past week. Yes. So we should just discuss that really quick to um, end this. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss this a little bit further in our big pizza party when everybody's here to yeah. drop their yeah. opinions on it. Okay. But considering this is a review of a Vader fan film, I think we gotta have to. We kind of have to talk about it, it right? It's Vader, or at least make mention. Yeah, we're gonna make mention of it. So we're not gonna go in depth with it. We're just gonna say what happened. Right, exactly. So I, I'm gonna say this: if you're not reading the Darth Vader comic books, you really need to because that is some of the best Vader stuff that you're gonna find, and that's canon. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is. That is and canon. if anything, if you don't really keep up with com comics like me, obviously, like, honestly, I don't keep up with the comics, at least listen to Star Wars Theory, like subscribe to the guy on YouTube, because that this guy's like up to date on all things Star Wars, and that's how I found out about what we're about to discuss. Yeah, he'll, they'll, they'll keep you into the loop here. But, um, so this is volume two, I believe, of Darth Vader, the Darth Vader comic book run, right? And this is a, a Disney, Marvel... Uh, iteration and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, way back in the days, I think Star Wars was written by Dark Horse Comics, yeah, right? They were. So, you know, Disney's taking it back. And so now the all the stuff that they're writing is canonical and stuff, right? So we're up to, I believe this is volume two of the Dar the Darth Vader comic book run. And we are up to comic book number 25. And this is where the bomb gets dropped, right? So there is a character called Momin. Right? Darth, oh, Darth yes. Moment, right? And so he's he's assisting Vader, right? Yes. And so they have a falling out, and Vader ends up killing him in this in this in this comic book run, right? Um, and so what happens next is interesting because Vader then gets into this force dream type of thing going on. There's a lot of memories that are falling falling back. To him and it's stuff. like it's like a forced vision state similar to what happened in the Vader fan film. Right, exactly. It's, it's one of those things. And the big bomb that was so he sees he's basically seeing his life, you know, in spurts, right? There's there's even I think a comic book frame. 
You remember when Phantom Menace first came out, there was that really cool poster of Anakin and then up on the, on the on the wall of the young uh, Anakin or what? Young Anakin, baby Anakin. Okay. Little itty bitty small Anakin. Straight out of Tatooine. Straight, exactly, you know. And so that poster had Anakin on the left-hand side and up against the hut was the shadow of Vader. Right. That is in this this comic book. And so you're going back in time. He's seeing mm. all of this stuff. And it goes even further back to when Shreve was... Shreve, right. Shreve. Right. Shreve uh, Skywalker. Shreve. Well, Shreve and Shreve. Shreve and Shreve, right? Yeah. It's made its motto. Basically what happens <laughs> is that we get, we get the revelation that, you know, Shreve conceived with Sheev. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in Phantom Menace, there was this whole Jesus moment where, you know, um, Qui-Gon goes and asks Anakin's mommy, um, who's the father? Shmi Skywalker's name. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Shmi. Why did I say Shmi? Shmi. 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 There was no father. This you know, is like a, I a, carried this is a Virgin him. Mary thing. Yeah, I carried him. I gave birth to him. You know, I raised him, but he didn't have a father. Well, guess what? Now we know, based on the comics, who the father was because it was Shreve who used his alchemy and to manipulate the midichlorians to create Anakin. I know we said that. Well, I know I said that. We're not going to go in depth with this, but I just have to say, well, no, I just have to say that I feel like it's not officially confirmed. Like you see that and you automatically assume, yeah, yo, that, that's it. He, so it, it he, may uh, be, it may be true from a certain sit, point of view. Exactly. From a certain point okay, of view. Okay. Okay. Because so. Anakin may be seeing, Vader may be seeing um, the truth of another person. Like this is their truth, so to speak, right? But it could be. It's not the truth. But but again, there's so much that we don't know. That that's why I don't want to just jump into conclusions and sure. automatically assume. But I go back to the statement that I made earlier, where the emperor has his hands in everything, yes. and apparently he also had his hands in Anakin's mom. So. <laughs> I know yeah, that sounds like a little weird, right? Yeah, yeah that sounded very weird. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, so much like, for Miley. <laughs> wasn't there like a legend story where it was actually both him and Plagueis who manipulate the midichlorians? So mm -hmm. they finally, I guess, brought that out of legends, quote-unquote. Hey, Metatron, there are some Star Wars fans who may consider that legends material canon. Well, and I do believe yeah. that in the Plagueis um, book, there was a mention of him messing around with Melichlorians trying to build the perfect Sith Lord, right? Yeah. And so in that book, um, it, it seems like they were messing around with that. And I'm, I'm trying to remember where I saw it, but there was a point where um, they said that this, the, the son was born and stuff, and it was almost like a revelation. Oh, the guy got born? So it, it almost implied that they had been trying this for a while. Yeah, they had been trying this for a while, and they finally hit it with Anakin. Oh, and I just so, want to say something real quick because you mentioned the word metachlorians. Yeah, let me tell you something. I know, yeah. Walt. I know you and I both agree on this. 
we hate the fact that there are such things as metachlorines. I, I think, and I, we were talking about this over text, uh, what was it, last night? I yeah, think it was? because I saw a tweet um, last night and I actually sent it to you. I don't know if you remember. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy basically um, agrees with us. He's, he's saying that it was back in 1999 when supposedly, supposedly Star Wars went downhill when they brought up um, metachlorines. Because basically it's implying that you can't be a Jedi or a Sith if you don't have metachlorines. Basically, you're you're a nobody if you're not a Force sensitive. It also takes the mysticism out of it. Yeah, it, yeah, it's pathetic because that's basically degrading all those who are not Force sensitive. So you're telling me if I'm not Force sensitive, I ain't gonna make it up, you know, up there in the world, you know? My my biggest problem is with the whole concept of metachlorines and the fact that there's these little microscopic animals or beings or things stupid. and stuff like that. I think it's stupid. But but it's not only that, you know, I, I have a lot of love for the original trilogy. And for me, it cheapens the speech that Yoda said um, in Empire Strikes, back. Empire Strikes right. back, where you know he's talking about the force. And and I remember when I first saw that. I, w- I was just fascinated because the way that he was saying it, you know, it's like it's in between the rock and the tree, and the, it's a life force that it's that all binds us. It, it binds us. It flows through us and stuff like that. And that was a very powerful description. It was inspirational. It was. It was, it, it was one of these things that I I walked out of the theater and I was like, wow, that is just. It's as as a kid, it's mind blowing. It made you feel special. Right? And it's like you know. Anybody, the the force is flowing through me right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then when come 1999, yeah, come 1999, and it's Phantom Menace that says, "Well, it's not really that it's flowing through you. It, you have to have these metachlorine guys in you." And this is why you know? I really don't like it because medic, the fact that there are such things as metachlorines, it makes it sound so elitist, so to mm-hmm. speak. Especially when they say, "Oh, you're a Jedi. You're a Sith. Only certain people can be Jedi." Only certain people can be Sith. And that's why I loved Last Jedi. Because Last Jedi... At, oh, at the end. Back to that. Yeah, the, at the, the whole purpose of Last Jedi was to enforce the reason, the knowledge that anybody can be a hero. Anybody could be a Jedi. You had Luke Skywalker shunning the Jedi Order because, you know what? They've they held on to the force as if it was their own. And they don't have a right as a group to do that. That was the powerful message that I got out of Last Jedi, that the force is everybody's. It's not just for the Jedi. And the midichlorian spits in the face of that. So that's why for me, and again, we're going back to this whole, what do I like, what I don't like? For me... I'm not a fan of the midichlorians. Now, I'll deal with it because it's part of Star Wars. And you know what? It makes it interesting knowing this about Palpatine and Anakin's mom. But I still don't. I'm not crazy about it. I like more like what Metatron said, the mysticism of the Force. as As a living being that binds all of us, binds the universe together. Very spiritual. Exactly. And you know what? The Jedi's... They're nothing if not samurais, right? And samurais, they dealt with that Bushido code. They dealt with that spirit spiritualism, right? Mm-hmm. The 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 notion of no mind and and you know, there there's that 
that doesn't fit with midichlorians. And I just that, wanna, that doesn't, that right. doesn't work. And I just want to point out real quick, this is why I love General Grievous. This is why General Grievous is one of my favorite Star Wars characters of all time. He is not a Force-sensitive, yet he destroyed countless Jedi, at least in the Clone Wars. This guy is almost yeah. a, a, near, a nearly flawless lightsaber duelist. Thanks in part to Count Dooku, you know, mm-hmm. to the Sith. Yeah, yes, General um, Grievous may have cybernetics. Yes, General Grievous yeah. may have served the the Sith, but at the end of the day, he was not a Force sensitive. You know, he was just this Kalish guy um, who ended up being half Kalish, half cyborg, as Metatron said. And you know, he he learned the ways of combat of you know, yeah, like just, just look at the show that we were talking about just not too not too long ago. The Clone Wars, he took out like five Jedis all by himself. Yeah. And, and he was a terrifying figure. Right. You know what I'm saying? Which, again, reinforces my thought, we need to have a Star Wars horror movie. Right. You know? I'm pitching this now. I want to see a, a a movie told from a Padawan's perspective where Ooh. Vader is the bad guy. Ooh. Vader is the boogeyman. Vader's the one that's hunting him down, kind of like that whole Michael Myers type thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Star Wars theory. That's actually a good idea. Yep. Because make him. <laughs> that's actually a good make idea. Make him who he is, this terrifying horror figure, and, and play with that. I I need to see a Star Wars horror movie. I think that's that should be out there. So anybody listening, if you can make it happen, make it happen. You know what I'm saying? So. Right. But just going to General Grievous one last time. Yeah. I just want to say that. General Grievous is such a badass character, and he's not a Force-sensitive. And by that, you don't need to be a Force-sensitive to be a badass character. Look at Grand Admiral Thrawn. Look at General Grievous. Mm-hmm. You know? Look, look at this. There's, there's, there's <laughs> a lot of characters in, in Star Wars. I mean, look, look at some of the heroes. Some of the heroes, they're not all Jedis. Han Solo is a hero of the Republic, right? Yeah. He's, he's not Force-sensitive. No. Leia's a hero. She's kind of Force-sensitive, but she doesn't she use doesn't it. She doesn't use it, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's there's a lot of instances. Poe Dameron, Maskinata. a hero of the Resistance, right? Oh wait, but she's kind of yeah. Maskinata is a force sensitive, but but she does use it because there is a, a cutscene where she, yeah. I, I think she drops the ceiling on. But I wouldn't some refer of the guys to her as stuff. a badass character, right? Exactly. But <laughs> I guess the point is that, especially in the Star Wars universe, you don't have to have force powers to be a hero. You know what I'm saying? So. I think we're going to wrap this up. Yes, this has been my quick slice, or more of like a collaboration quick slice. This is, like, this is more like a long slice. <laughs> yeah. you know two slices to go. No, I think this is a whole full pizza. <laughs> Maybe two of them at the same time. You know? <laughs> no, so. But I'm just glad it was a collab. Um, this this was initially for me to do um, for the Vader fan film solo, but I'm just glad I did it with you know my fellow Star Wars fans, my fellow Peacom patriots. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. Um, Walt and Metatron for joining me today. Yeah, on the no first, problem. yeah, first uh, day of winter. Love all. Yeah, where you know, where it's travel. like sixty five degrees in New York. So check that. You the know Peacock HQ is still an undisclosed location. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're not gonna get into too many specifics. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, that this wraps up my slice for the Vader Phantom. Thanks again, Star Wars Theory. Please, please continue this. Please, most definitely. Please continue this. Word. Even if it takes another half a year or more, just continue. This was amazing. And you left it on a cliffhanger, man. Like, we need to continue this. Like, what's Vader doing in the Theed Palace on Naboo? You know, we need to see what's going on. Yeah, if you, if you saw Meta, Metatron's face on that last scene, 
have pity on the boy, you know, because <laughs> he was like, "What? That can't he can't finish on that." You I'm know sure a lot saying? of fans and a lot of viewers were like that too. They shared the same reaction. As yeah, you want, and, and see, that's that's the that's when you know you've seen something good because you want to see more of it, right? Indeed. So you know, let's let's hope that we do actually get to see more of it. Right, but that's a wrap on this one. So. My name is ASAP Balrog. I cover all things Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, basketball, boxing, hip-hop, and anything fashion-related. And in regards to fashion, I mostly cover all that stuff on our Instagram. So you can check us, check us out there. I've been covering the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show earlier this month as well as Miss Universe. Those are the only two fashion-slash-beauty pageants I have covered thus far. And, you know, you can always follow us on, on social media I Twitter and Instagram at PCOP Podcast. I repeat, that's at PCOP Podcast. That's right, and make sure you get on there because we also have a we also go and put some news stuff on there. So news of the week that we won't cover on on the podcast, you'll see it on our Twitter account. You'll see it on our Instagram. So if you just want to keep up with pop culture in general, that's a great place to stop by and uh, check us out. Um, Make sure to subscribe to Pop Culture Over Pizza. We're on most platforms that provide podcasts, probably whatever podcast you're listening to, whatever platform you use, we're probably on it. And if you ever want to send us an email, send us an email over at popcultureoverpizza at gmail.com. Send us any questions. Send us um, your opinions. Send us something that maybe you want, you guys want us to talk about. We're open to suggestions. We're open, always open to good ideas. So from everybody here at Pop Culture Over Pizza, my name is Walt. May the force be with you. This is Metatron. I bid thee adieu. And until next time, all hail Morgoth, long live Sauron, Bogan, Balrog, out.